Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. You know, there's all kinds of ideas about marriage and how you ought to do it, right? But I wanted to do what the Bible says, so I wrote all those verses down. So that's what Paul's doing here. He's talking to the church about giving financially, and now he's going to quote Scripture, right, from the Old Testament. nine, Verse 9, he says, For it is written, in other words, in the Bible, in the law of Moses, it says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? So he's saying, hey, the Bible says you you shouldn't muzzle an ox. Now, God said in the Old Testament, you weren't allowed to work your animal without feeding him, right? I mean, that's that's a good thing. Now, he's saying, you know, is God really concerned about the ox? Is that what the point of it is? Was, Was that written in the Old Testament for oxen only to read? Most of you know ox can't read, right? <laughs> so I was like, what was the point? Well, in 1 Timothy 5, he says in verse 17, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out grain, and the labor is worthy of its wages. So there he explains what it was talking about. He was talking about God's people, right? In verse 9, he says, is it an oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say altogether for our sakes, Uh, For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of this hope. And if we have sown spiritual things for you, it is a great thing if we reap your material things. And so what is he saying here? Paul is explaining that this is a right of the minister to be supported by those who he ministers to. And he says, uh, is it a great thing? And, And so it was a great thing for those in Corinth, right? The Corinthians thought that it was a great thing uh, uh, to, to give, um, you know, like it was a big deal, like it was hard to give to Paul, right, even though he started the church. Why? Well, because they really didn't have this conscious awareness of value of things in life, right? And, and they weren't consciously aware that material things are not as valuable as spiritual things. Material things are passing away, right? And, and so, um, you know, I wonder if some people, you know, in the Corinthian church felt later on, shameful about not supporting Paul because you just think Paul probably had the greatest impact on the world as any other person in the history of the world outside of Jesus, right? I mean, he was, and just think, they could have reaped rewards from that, right? But, but they didn't. Verse 12, if others are partakers of this right over you, are, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. So the Corinthian church was supporting other uh, laborers of spiritual things, right? We talked about Peter, but they weren't supporting Paul. Now, uh, you know, talking, Paul's talking about liberty. He has the right to be supported, but he didn't get supported by the church there. And Paul's pointing out, uh, you know, this example that he has the right to be supported, but he didn't get supported. And he had the right to receive material things, but he didn't. And, and then he goes on in verse 13. It says, do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple? Now he's talking about people who work in the temple, right? And this has been for thousands of years. And those who served at the altar partake 
of the offerings of the altar. And so uh, when the priests would minister in the temple, as the people would bring sacrifices to God, to be offered to God, part of it went to uh, the priest, right? Uh, a given portion of it was given to the priest. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, everyone tithed of the increase, and, and that was God's plan to fund the temple ministry. Now, Paul is trying to draw this illustration that, you know, the church, you know, the temple was the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, where they brought sacrifice. Then, you know, Jesus came, New Covenant. Now, Jesus established the church. Jesus established, you know, what goes on in the church and the structure of the church. And Paul is now illustrating that just as God used, you know, tithing in the Old Testament, giving offerings to fund the temple and the, those who work in it, the same thing is true in the New Testament. In Leviticus 7, uh, 27, 30, he says, And all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord. And so now most of you who are students of the Bible, you know the word tithe, it means 10%. And so everyone in Israel gave 10% of what they made. So, uh, you know, if they brought in, you know, 10 bushels of apples, they'd give one bushel to the Lord, right? In Malachi 3.10, it said, bring the whole tithe into the storeroom so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this. I love this verse, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. So God told his people, hey, bring a tenth of whatever you grow and make and get, and then look, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and bless you. Now, uh, I believe in our country, the reason that we have so many storage units is because for almost 200 years, the Bible was taught in every school. M most Americans tied and supported the work of the kingdom, and Christianity really... Uh, had the great, greatest influence on shaping our country, and I believe God blessed our country because of it. Now, I believe these scriptures, we see it, and, and uh, now uh, we ha are moving the other direction, and those of you who come to church here, you know in the 60s, we ban, uh, you know, uh, prayer, and we ban the Bible in schools, and, and, uh, and, and since then, you know, the last 60 years or so, our country is just going off the rails. Here's the thing, God said, hey, Support me, I'll take care of you. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So God just said to him, hey, you obey me in this, in this tithe thing, I'll bless you. Now, some people, when you talk about tithing, they'll say, okay, Pastor Bob, yeah, I believe that was an Old Testament thing, but is it a New Testament thing? Did Jesus teach it? Well, I'm glad you asked because he did. In Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe and mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now, I want to ask you students of the Bible, these you ought to have done. What do you think Jesus is referring to? Tithing, right? I mean, because he said, you tithe of every little bit of, you know, anise and mint and every little mint and little herb that you grow, uh, you know, you tithe of all that. And so Jesus is saying, yeah, you should be tithing. You should be giving, right, a tithe to the work of God. Now, uh, people ask me, well, Pastor Bob, and then they kind of want to get in all the technical stuff of like, so people should tithe 10% no matter what? Well, no, not no matter what. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, but, but this I say, he who sows sparingly also reaps sparingly. But he who sows bountifully also reaps bountifully. So let each one give as he purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I believe that God doesn't want people to give if they hate it, right? But on Sunday morning, if there's somebody sitting back there and they just won, you know, well, not won, but let's just say they got their paycheck and they made, you know, whatever, uh, $1,000 this week. And so this person thinks, am I going to give $100? And they're back there with their $100 bill. It's like, 
don't want to give it. Do you think God's like, give it now? Or is God like, look, keep it, dude. I don't need it, right? Well, I think that's what he's saying when he says in verse 7, like, you know, uh, God loves a cheerful giver, right? And, and he said, look, not grudgingly. God doesn't want people to give grudgingly. Uh, and verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, uh, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance in every good work. So God does not want people to give if they don't want to give, right? God doesn't force anyone to accept Jesus as their Savior if they don't want it, right? Our relationship with Jesus is based on free will. He allows us to choose to serve him, to receive forgiveness. He allows us to tithe. And if someone doesn't want to tithe, well, then they shouldn't tithe. But he who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. And he who sows abundantly, uh, you know, reaps abundantly. So basically the Bible teaches that the more that you give, the more God blesses you. And, and that just is the truth. And it's just God's word is true. And, and I've been practicing this in my own life, and it, it's been a blessing. And my wife tells me, you should teach on it more often. I'm like, they don't want to hear about tithing. <laughs> but why are we teaching on it tonight? Because we're going through the Bible, and that's where we're at. Verse 14, even so, the Lord Jesus has commended those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. So Paul's saying in verse 14, Jesus taught that if you, you know, preach the gospel, if that's what you do for a living, then you should, you know, be rewarded financially. Verse uh, Luke 10, 2, Jesus, then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give you for the laborer, here it is, is worthy of his wages. So Jesus sent his guys out and said, look, wherever you go, people that will take you in and, and provide for you, look, labor is way worthy of his wages. So Jesus taught that as well. And so, you know, people have different ideas about this. And, and I've heard people say all kinds of weird things. And then I say, hey, tell me what the Bible says about it. And they generally don't, right? Because they don't know because they don't read it, right? Uh, so verse 15, but I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things that it should be done so for me. So Paul's saying, look, even though I'm an apostle, and even though I deserve that you support me financially, I haven't taken anything from you. He says, for it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting voice. So Paul's saying, I would rather die than take one penny from you people at the church in Corinth, right? Why did Paul have that attitude? Because unfortunately in Paul's day, uh, there were preachers who abused the right of, you know, being uh, financially supported. And, and that's one of the reasons here at Calvary Chapel that we don't make a big deal about tithing and offering, right? Because it, uh, I grew up with Pastor Chuck Smith, who, um, you know, started Calvary Chapel. He said when he got involved in ministry as a pastor, he said, Lord, I'll make you a deal. I'll serve you in ministry as long as you provide. But I'm never going to be like those weird TV preachers that beg for money and try to manipulate people. And, uh, and so I remember hearing Pastor Chuck teach that. And as a young Christian, uh, you know, I'd listen to him teach that. And, and then I would hear him on the radio, never begging on, on, on the radio for money. And, you know, sometimes you hear on radio, they're just like, well, you know, this ministry's in trouble, folks, and now it's the year end, and if you don't give, then we're going under, right? And yet Pastor Chuck was giving stuff away. He never begged at his church, never told people we need his money. So I loved that, and I, that's what I loved about Calvary Chapel. In fact, you know, when I first started going to Calvary Chapel, I remember sitting in the back, and, you know, I didn't know anything about church. I'd never gone to church, and I remember thinking, well, when are they going to start begging for money? I mean, a week went by, next week, next week, a month, another month, another month, and, and I remember thinking, something weird about this church. I mean, why are they not begging for money? And then a year went by, and then pretty soon, you know, the pastor taught about it, and I was like, oh, hmm. So 
when the Lord said, Bob, I want you to go plant a church, I kind of thought, I'm doing the same thing Pastor Chuck did. I said, hey, Lord, if you want me to serve you as a pastor, I will, but, uh, you know, then you have to provide. And, and I remember praying when we moved to Caldwell, Lord, if you want us to be here, you provide, and if not, I have other job offers on the table, right? And, and the Lord knew that, but, uh, you know, I had other guys say, hey, why don't you come work for me? And even after we moved here, uh, I mean, Mike McClure called me from San Jose and said, Bob, why don't you come work for me? How much do you make? I'll pay you double. And so uh, I was like, well, you know, Mike, the Lord told me to come here and I got to do what God tells me to do. And he's like, all right, whatever. Well, if you get tired of those people, then call me. You know, <laughs> I was like. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you will